see if we can't get R.W. Estella live on the telephone. Good morning, R.W. Hey, good morning, Allison. Every summer inside the past decade, I've been pushing the time envelope in my garden. In other words, my tardiness in planting has been increasing incrementally. As with many of my other projects that get moved back, I console myself at having to contend with a bevy of imminent tasks all vying for my attention. I only have a limited amount of hours in a day and that I'm doing the best I can. Around 2005, I took on a good deal of new seasonal jobs down along the coast, which meant lots of commuting from our inland home, leaving early in the morning and not returning until late in the evening. Because the work ran on the typical make hay while the sun shines variety, meaning maximize every summer day, weekends were also part of the traveling regimen. Before the beginning of that era, I was pretty good about getting into the garden by early May to start weeding. By the middle of May, I had hauled in a load of cow manure, and by the third week or so of May, I had planted most of the seedlings that I had raised indoors in miniature greenhouses, and I had sown most of the other crop seed directly into the ground. But once that customary availability of time decreased, the customary schedule also became altered, and that was helped along by the emergence of a different view. Whereas formerly I would aggressively assert my own clock on the landscape, not leaving much time to see what might be pushing through the ground later than my usual early May commencement of activities, now I would be waiting to see what volunteers might be showing up as this year's representatives of last year's crops. I was also allowing additional days to see which perennials might be returning. Put another way, I was learning that by no means was all lost just because I delayed my active involvement in the garden. Rather, I was learning the considerable joys of passively letting the garden do its thing for a while into the growing season and waiting to see what showed up. Soon I wasn't spreading manure until late May and not planting until early June. Then I would delay activities until early and mid-June. And most recently, the past couple of years, I haven't planted anything until the last week of June and the first week of July. Of course, this is sacrilege to many devout gardeners. And I, too, used to be part of the choir singing such refrains as knee-high by the 4th of July for my corn. In fact, in that previous lifetime as the fastidious gardener, my corn was often thigh-high by the 4th of July, owing to my planting it by May 1st. My corn seed the past few years, however, has not been planted until the 4th of July, and that works out just fine because in September, my corn is coming in good and strong and gracing our table from the end of summer into the beginning of fall. Things catch up. The germination rates are exceptional with late June and early July plantings. I've had pumpkins, squash, green beans, peas, corn, carrots, radishes, and many other vegetable seeds germinate in as few as three or four days when the ambient temperature is in the 80s and 90s and the ground is oh so warm. So don't feel guilty or squeamish about putting seed in the ground in Maine when most other gardeners around you are already bragging about the status of their plants. Heat is key to growth, and heat is happening now. From Orono, Maine, have a great day. Are you ready? Yeah. Ready. One, two, three, four. <laughs> 
Get by. 